good helper, Mr. Pickle. I let you. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where everyone is calling Cliff a loser suddenly. My name is Mary. I'm Josh, and I'm not a loser because I'm not a Barnes. I'm Melanie. I am a loser. <laughs> it's the Losers Club. <laughs> we are missing ah. Sarah tonight, but she'll be back next week. She better. We need to have all of us here. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to do a quick uh, shout out. Thank you to our Patreon members. Brendan Fillick, Captain America, Sheen Pye, Laura Bernheim, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. And also another big shout out to Jennifer and Delicato. And I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. Right. Uh, because she went and donated directly to braintumor.org in Jim oh, Davis's name. Thank so, you. Good job, Jennifer. That's super awesome. Here's that bourbon and everyone give us a smile. Woohoo! Woohoo! Brains glass. Yes. And speaking of Jim Davis's fundraiser, we have done a little th- something to that. So we're converting that to us donating to be a full-fledged fundraiser for Jim Davis on braintumor.org. Like he has his own webpage and everything where you can go, has a little memorial to him. And we're going to have that running until next year on his death date. So I believe that's next April, April 26th. You guys are awesome (laughs) until next April 26th. Our goal is seeing if we can raise 500 bucks. If we can, we can, if we can't, we can't, but we're going to give it the old Dallas try. So, um, the you you can find the address for that in your show notes, but it is bitly, so that's B-I-T dot L Y slash Jim Davis Memorial. And uh so yeah, just check that out. We will be making a donation ourselves to start that out. And yeah, head on over there. Speaking of death dates. You got some? Yes, I do. Actually, on this date, May 24th, which is Priscilla Presley's 77th birthday. In 2017, in 2017, on this date, Jared Martin died. Dusty Farlow. Oh, Dusty. Barbara Stock was born on this date in, not on this date, um, May 26th is her birthday. Born 1956. Meg Gallagher, who played Luella, who just got the heave-ho from JR after that <laughs> Asian counter-revolution fiasco. She died mm-hmm. on May 27th of 2000. Barbara, Martha Scott, who played Patricia Shepard, died on May 28th, 2003. And birthday coming up, uh, we just mentioned Priscilla Presley. Omri Katz, going to be 46 on May 30th. May 30th. Yeah, he was born the exact same day as my first Big relationship boyfriend, who I actually just saw this weekend after 20 years. How'd that go? It went pretty well, actually. They're getting back together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Seth might be upset with that. If I have him. Uh, no, he's, he's, he was great. It was really kind of cool, actually, to see him. We can, we can uh, have yeah. polyamorous relationships, you know? Be, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's also okay to be on friendly terms. You know, after you've been broken up for 27 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Okay, so tonight we're talking about Season 5, Episode 2, Episode 79 of the series, Gone But Not Forgotten. 
and there was J.R. Ewing standing on the balcony right in front of a broken railing. Pamela, better than anyone, knows the love that a mother has for a child. I don't think you should have involved her. John Ross is much better off with me than that monster that I am married to. I just got this from Sue Ellen's lawyer. You told me you were going to have the boy in your possession before the hearing. Well, it hasn't happened. Well, I always win my fights, don't I? If she wins this round, you may never get him. It's a South Fork helicopter. That's It was written by Arthur Bernard Lewis, directed by Leonard Katzman, and aired October 16th, 1981. Also, on October 16th, 1981, the number one billboard hit in the U.S. was once again Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. The number one film in the country was Paternity, a film I've never heard of, starring Burt Reynolds, Beverly D'Angelo, Lauren Hutton, and Norman Fell, <laughs> and directed by David Steinberg. Did he hurt himself? The top news stories this week. <laughs> <laughs> the top news story this week was Crazy George Henderson, a professional cheerleader, leads an audience wave in Oakland, California. It is believed to be the first audience wave. Wow. Yeah. And on Dallas. Well, this episode actually was number one in the ratings, but it's 28.4 rating was the first rating for the show that was below 30 since the first season. A little bit of slippage. Oh, wow. So people were busy doing the wave instead of watching TV. (laughs) Apparently. What was the air date? Apparently. October 16th, 1981. So it wasn't wasn't even trick-or-treating yet. Mm. So I don't know. Uh, there may have been a long weekend. Could have been. Or as they say on the Peanuts cartoon, tricks or treats. I know my mom says that too. It just annoys the crap out of me. All right. Casting notes. uh, This is the series premiere for one Deborah Renard, known as... Fly! Among the the three Ds, she's known as Deb 2, because Deb Trinelli came on the show first. That's their little inside little nickname they have for each other d1 and d2 she actually appeared in 191 episodes which is more than any other actor who is not in the main titles wow i believe it Mm -hmm. she also returned in jr returns and larry's advice to her when she came on the show was never ask for a raise and that's probably why she stuck (laughs) around too long so long not too too long (laughs) the veteran character actor bill morey who played the judge in this episode, make, makes his first appearance. He also returned as Leo Wakefield in seasons seven, eight, and eleven. And Lane Smith, who played Ward in the hearing at the uh, the Kristen hearing, who was the prosecutor. Yes. Uh-huh, he, uh-huh. he played Perry White on Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman, which starred uh, Dean Cain and um, Terry Hatcher. Also starred. Dallas actors Tracy Scoggins and Kay Callan. The new Lois and Clark was also produced its first season by David Jacobs. It was. I did not know that. That's cool. That actor, because I was like, where do I know him from? Where do I know him from? He is the dad in the Pauly Shore movie, Son-in-Law, which I really like that Pauly Shore movie. Hmm. And Cliff, um, Ken Kershaw had some thoughts about being called a loser by Afton, which we'll get to when the scenes come up. I'm telling you, everybody's calling. The loser thing starts in this episode. It has not been done before, really. So, okay. Okay, so we open on Graddock County Courthouse. A limo pulls up with Clayton, Dusty, and Sue Ellen. 
That is a tiny building. It is. Well, I mean, Braddock, it's just like a little bedroom community, right? So Yeah, it's not Dallas. This ain't yeah. Dallas. All right. This ain't your own. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. okay. I called it Sue Ellen and her army. Yeah, basically. Uh-huh. Oh, yep. I, call it, I called it Sue Ellen and her posse. <laughs> right. Either way. Yeah. She's, she's actually got someone backing her up for once. Yeah, and he he will. He, and Jared doesn't like it. Uh, Clayton and uh, D- Dusty will hobble in, and one mighty hobble, as Jr. says. Uh, no, <laughs> he's such a dick. They do a good job of it because, yeah, yeah, I think they're an even match. So they go inside, and Cliff is testifying, and we learn it's just a preliminary trial. Mm-hmm. I know. I was kind of like when I saw Jr. like at the defense table. It was like. <laughs> And they should have made you do the perp walk. I know they didn't, but still should have paraded you right in front of the cameras. Totally should have. Totally should have. You would have liked that, so, wouldn't you? You know what I like in TV shows when they, is when they're like, oh, we'll walk you out the back entrance and that's where the press is camped. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Shouldn't they call it the press entrance? Yeah. yeah. So first Cliff is testifying, then it cuts to JR testifying. And JR says she's high. She was high. Which, Alcohol or pills or booze or which, drugs yeah. or something. Funny he, he's not, he's wanna, not a medical expert. You don't want to believe him at first. It's like, okay, yeah, you're you're just making excuses now. Right. Now, I like how... I didn't believe a word he said, but... I, I like how they've obviously toned Cliff and JR down to the point where they're not saying, well, he was in the pool drowning her and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Right. There are people who have gotten a hold of them to be like, yeah, 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 you can't say that. You have to actually, you know. But come to find out, JR is telling the fucking truth. I know. And I, right. And it was JR, so you would never know. You would never right? know. You never know. And mostly about Kristen. He would say mm-hmm. anything. He would. So, yeah, but he says that. Even the medical examiner got up right. there and was like, you know, because the hearing took up a good first few minutes of the episode. It did. I thought. Because yeah. yes. they had. Yeah. You know, they had Cliff and they had Jr. And then finally they had the medical examiner come in and he's basically saying, yeah, she, she was high as a kite and threw herself off the balcony. Yeah. And Sue Ellen was right. like, like she had no idea Kristen was doing. Drugs. She was shocked. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and not just like what? Like she was doing PCP, which they called angel dust. Angel dust. 80s. Yeah. Angel dust. Because uh, you think which, you can fly like an angel. Right. And uh, and a little bit of alcohol. And that basically. Yeah. There's no doubt she 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 fell off that herself, hit her head probably, and then just drowned, drowned in the pool, mm-hmm. which yep. sucks. I mean, uh, no way what around way it. To, and you can just see that go. hit Sue Ellen. Yeah. Man. And we did learn in the hallway that Kristen's going to be taken back to Albuquerque uh, yeah. to be buried. So is, are they originally from Albuquerque? Like, what's what's with Albuquerque? <laughs> they might be, but somehow they ended up in Austin. Right. Because that's where mm. Sue Ellen and, and Kristen and Patricia were when that's where they well that's where they were living anyway when um, Sue Ellen went to college. Okay, that's I, that's what I was wondering. I wonder if it's like the family was originally from Albuquerque, then moved later, maybe like after the dad left, moved to Dallas or Austin. I mean, I wonder. Albuquerque is what New Mexico, right? New Mexico, yeah, yeah, Cause, yeah. Because yeah. Sue Ellen never claimed to be for anywhere. Texas, right? I mean, this is the first I've heard about Albuquerque, so that's why I'm questioning it. Hmm. It could be where Patricia has settled now. Maybe, but then why would they take the body there? If it's just where she's settled now, you'd think that they'd take her to, like, where they're originally from. 
maybe where other family is. There might be buried. a family plot there because, you know, Kristen went back and forth between what Texas and California. She was even talking about New York at one point when she wanted to do architecture, right? Right. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Was that, was that when she looked like Colleen Camp? <laughs> it is. It is. Briefly, when she like Colleen Camp. briefly when she yeah. looked like Mary Crosby, she talked about it too. That's true. That's true. So we we also learned that Patricia did is beside herself and uh, did not make the trip and is right. Yeah. And she yeah. is she is also back in Albuquerque. Yes. Oh, so yeah. she so she's not traveling Europe and getting into all that weird kinky. Right. She's she, sex she's all done with she, that. Yeah. Her wild yeah. days are over. And then we also learned that Fenton Washburn, after some ass kissing, his job is secure at least for the time being. And. It does, or Braddock, or whatever he's I'm, from. I'm sorry, oh I had God. to put that, put you through that, Mister Ewing. He, and he always wears that. He always wears that <laughs> same. Like, well, uniform. you know what, Mister Washburn, uh, Sheriff, what would you have done if he actually did push Kristen over the balcony? Would you be right. apologizing to him then? Well, then he'd at least put him in jail. But now he's dangerous to him because he actually did have to arrest him and do all those things. You know, mm. so. Mm. He's scared because JR is a dick. Pa- Pam and Bobby offer their condolences to Sue Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. She, isn't this where she says she, Mama had ha- such high hopes for Kristen? It might be. Or was it when they first walked in? She talks about it later, as maybe like. When she goes Kristen's into her, a lot of backstory with. Uh, when she's yeah, talking to later Dustin. on in the episode. Yep. This was before that. This may have been in the hallway. Okay. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah, I just didn't write it she didn't down. say much else other than Mama had such high hopes for her. Right. Mm. And she's, she's, I feel like this is, she's really upset. Like after the drug thing, she's just like really upset about it, which I mean, you would be. It's your little sister. Well, yeah, because she's spiraled out of control on alcohol herself. Right. And then Bobby yep. says, oh, you just have to put it all behind you now. Oh, oh and it's like, okay. Well, maybe she, Dr. Bobby. Maybe she needs to talk about it, Bobby. Jesus. Like, her sister just died. Rather tragically. Right. You need to put it At all behind house. you. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like you guys get to repair. <laughs> about it. You guys get to repair a balcony railing now knowing that Kristen like fell the fuck off and died in your pool. He's literally like later in the episode swimming in the pool someone died in and he's just like, ah, it's fine. God. I, I hope they yeah, drained this. it. I'm sorry. I would have filled it in and built one somewhere else on the property. <laughs> right. Yeah. That shit's haunted now. I would have fucking sold pool, South Fork. Yeah. Goodbye. Like. <gasps> what? What if Kristen? What a good backstory. What if Kristen has been secretly haunting South Fork? Kristen's, go- Kristen's ghost, along Kristen's with Jock's ghost. ghost. Holy shit! Just floating around. Woo. Mm. Yep. Makes for an interesting uh, supernatural program, doesn't it? That is the fan fiction I want. Oh my god! Just that one. Kristen's just stories ghost. about Kristen's ghost. <laughs> yes, that's it. And it's just like scary. she just scares the shit out of all the like young Ewing children. Oh my god! Like. John Ross is a kid like, oh, my God, there's a lady in the closet. Like, don't worry. It's just your Aunt Kristen. And, and maybe Teresa and Raul are into, like, like a cult and communing with the dead. Yes. Santeria, man. So good. I'd watch that show. I'd watch this show. So JR <laughs> has McSween find out uh, Sue Ellen's plan for Kristen's funeral so that he can put his plan mm-hmm. in motion. Yep. That, uh, and I'm like, not- red flag. Red flag, none of this is good. You none are good. an ass. You're going to go after your, your white, well, separated wife when she's grieving. <laughs> Fuck you, JR. <laughs> right? Where, where's the bed? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fuck you, JR. Trash. Garbage. 
trash, trash, trash. Ugh. And then we cut to Cliff going to see uh, Jeremy. Thinking with his hat in his hand. Thinking he's going to get some position with Westar. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeremy's just like, bitch, are you kidding me? You're a loser. You just fucked up everything. I, I just gave you everything and you fucked it all up. Westar is not in the business of rewarding losers. I know. I'm like, oh, and I feel like this is the first time. And then, so they say it a couple times this episode, and I'm like, this is where all the Cliff Loser stuff starts. Because it really wasn't before in the series. He was just the young politician, and now it's like, oh, okay. We didn't really this is what we're doing. hear that word mm-hmm. ever. Nope. No, it really hits in this episode. It stands out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There's, there's a, a difference in... When we cut to the next scene, this is a, a difference in the filming, or yes, maybe the more more budget that they're getting, bigger, bigger budget. budget. Yep, I wrote that down. Yep, because we you don't have JR walkway. You don't have JR dumping the car in front of the viewing building. You have him walking in, yep. and he's got um, he meets that PI in the lobby and mm-hmm. tells him to go down to San Angelo and keep tabs on Sue Ellen. And I have things to say about this PI later. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. And we cut to Bobby swimming, drink, um, and Pam was just staring off into space like a psycho. <laughs> Pam is starting to <laughs> unravel. Yeah, just a wee bit. And Bobby's just like, oh, that was really uncomfortable in court. And Pam was like, uh, yeah, Kristen was like on drugs and she's dead. Bobby's just not reacting to this at all. And Kristen's death does not bother him at all, it seems like. He's just like, what? People die in our pool all the time, guys. It's fine. That's what we have a skimmer um, for, to skim the bodies out of the pool. Right. It's fine. Raul took care of it. It's good. This is fine. It's fine. So Pam Pam almost compares herself to Kristen in the fact that she's unfulfilled in life. mm. Red flag. That's like Pam. Or what what ideas are you toying with right now? That's a little scary. Right. Yeah, because she um, uh, yeah she's saying that it's like oh oh that's a red flag because she's just like oh I kind of know how she feels. What? Well, that's not good. Do you, um, you want to take PCP and go flying off the balcony no. too? No. But she's kind of saying like she understands why someone would do that, you know, because she's mentally feeling pretty shitty. So Bobby then tries to encourage her to have a baby because she's like, "What? Well, I can't have a baby," and then he's like. The doctor said that you totally could probably have a baby. And she's like, the doctor said there's a huge chance I could miscarry at three months. And he's like, but there's a chance you won't, too. And she's like, I could not survive another miscarriage. After Third. just saying the other thing about understanding Kristen's, like, escaping through drugs. So this is the second red flag in, like, three minutes. Why is he such a man? I mean, I, I get where his head is. It's Bobby Ewing. It's Bobby Ewing. <laughs> Bobby the therapist Ewing. Like, he has all kinds of bad advice. Like, he needs to stop talking this episode, especially. Yeah. No, he's, he really doesn't need to stop talking, but he's just like, da 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 Yeah. It's like, you, you're not listening to her. Okay, she's spiraling. Right. If your wife says, I really am understanding that person who just took drugs and died in our pool, maybe we should talk to somebody about that. And that's another thing. Know. Do we even, we have no idea why right now. Kristen felt like she had to start doing angel dust and flying from balconies. Cause we, we don't know. I have my own theories that oh, people aren't going to like, but um, no, she had her first exposure to the drug scene when she was on knots landing in that one episode, when she was at a party where that we know Dave, of where, the, where mm-hmm. right. The first one that we had seen where 
um, actually, Dave, the actor who played Dave Culver, Tom Fuchello, was playing another part, and he was at that same party. Mm-hmm. But then I also think, at the same time, she and Sue Ellen both have um, addictive personalities, and I think they come genetically by it. They do, for Sue Ellen, but also... What happened to Kristen right before she left Alice that might have scarred her a little bit other than shooting JR? Uh, well, oh, right before she left Alice? Yeah. She was pregnant. She was raped by JR. <gasps> That's right. Like, I know people aren't going to like that. No. But it's true. No. And it happened. I've, and we saw it on screen. I forgot. And then she fucking shot him and then had to leave town. Why did I with, chi- with with child? Right. Why did I never put that together? Jock before? Ewing's grandbaby. I thought she was jailbird. I thought she was angry, just angry at him. I never put that together, and then I just real I just remembered. Right. Fuck. And then so then she's just gonna fucking escape because she's dealing with a PTSD. God. Don't really usually get over being raped very quickly. Jock Ewing's grandson, jailbaby. Perhaps I'll write my memoirs there. So what is she, what does she do? She do, it's 1981. She doesn't go 1981. She doesn't go get help. She self medicates no. and she plots revenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then she's out in California ding, ding, ding. where she's surrounded by a drug culture and she's predisposed to to addiction. Addiction through genetics. Yeah. Well, because as we later learn, her father was a lush. This is so. I. I have. Wow, I am having I am so conflicted right now because I'm like, holy shit, I love to hate J.R. Ewing. He he can be redeemable, but at the same time, he's a fucking rapist. And everything within me is like, this is terrible. Uh-huh. It's it's complicated. It's complicated. It's not a black and white show at all. Kristen is not the only one. I know. I know. There's someone on one of the Dallas groups who brings it up all the time. And people get mad at them, but it's true. I mean, if I wasn't I gotta say, in my in my younger years, I may not have seen it, but now, like, it, you know, the emotional maturity is. I can. I definitely never saw this when I was a kid. No, watching the show. No, ever. no, watching it this time, I was just mortified, and I was like, "What is happening on screen right now?" Not even in my. Well, I'm, J- I'm Jr. I'm Jr. Ewing. She, she she wants it, and she knows it. She's just not saying it. No. Not even. Right, and that was no, that oh was God. not even in my twenties. Right? Make that would make it on TV in 1981, because and that's that's just so sick. Like he, everybody was like, "Oh, he's this womanizer," and I'm like, uh, "If he had to rape somebody, rape if she's rape, saying no, rape somebody's not, right." And it it makes me think of Sue Ellen. How many times did she yeah. endure that? Uh-huh. Just thinking it was part of uh-huh. marriage, e- even before even before the series started. Right. We don't we don't she, know what right, went on. She would have had no idea because also people didn't talk about that stuff and it was actually legal. Mar- probably marital rape and- was not a thing until 1984. Right. It wasn't illegal to 1984, which is such fucking bullshit. I should say, yeah, it wasn't illegal. It wasn't a term that was right. accepted right. even then. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some people who'd probably fight you on it, which is trash. trash. Oh, absolute garbage. Trash. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so tangents. Yeah. Tangents. Okay. Tangents. Okay. Ah. So yeah. So then we got to Afton in a negligee. She's she's looking quite uh, expensive. For, she is. Um, yeah, she looks really nice. I think she was handsomely rewarded for helping Jr. 
Right. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's got why out, she has got a Got out of Mitch's nice apartment. Mm-hmm. Arliss has gone back to Biloxi. <sighs> right. So I no one's put that together. No one's there to keep her in line. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then JR comes over, asks her to fix a drink, which she does. JR's not in the mood. He's not yeah, in the mood that shocker. night. He just wants to go home. Shocker. Yep. He's he's sulking and he tells her, like basically, like, yeah, Suwell left me. Like, is that not what you wanted, you idiot? (laughs) How many episodes ago were you thinking about, like, leaving her for Leslie Stewart, you fucking moron? Uh Uh-huh. Yep, the whole show. He's been like, well, it works well, and blah, blah, blah. And then we cut to the next scene where it's, like, the long pan. She she has the kid. She actually fucking left him. It it was her, but it was also, like, her choice to leave. He didn't kick her out, blah, blah, blah. She left, and she took the kid. And so it's a long panning shot of John Oss's room with him just sulking. She she tried to take the kid, and he he took him back, and then Pam, like, got some balls and did something awesome. (laughs) And I, I love that. He's sulking. He's not sulking because she's got, he's sulking because he didn't have control over the situation. Totally. Yes. I'm sure he does miss the child to a point. Mm -hmm. The one that he never would interact with until recently. Yes. That one, that one. And also, and I think he's, he's also, he'll never admit it, but I think he's upset that Sue Ellen left him. Yes. You know? He didn't have control. You it know was, what? He didn't have control of it. And he, I'm sorry, he never would have, what they always say, what what did they, what do they, they always tell the mistresses. Yeah, he's never going to leave. He's never going to leave her. He was, no. he was never going to leave her. No. Never, ever, ever. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I really think he was comfortable and secure knowing that. He was never going to leave her, and he didn't expect that she would either because he was buying her affection when he wasn't treating her like shit. And then when she finally did, it was like, what? Right. He never thought she'd leave. It was a (laughs) back-and-forth yo-yo relationship. Yeah. One he thought he was in firm control of, and also, like, he just—he thought he had her, and he didn't have to worry about her actually leaving ever. Because she was a possession, a Ewing possession. I think he loved her as much as he knew how. Yes, as much as I think he that's was true. capable of. He's which... capable of because he's so emotionally stunted. Mm-hmm. Dysfunctional love. Yeah, very dysfunctional. Like I do believe he loved his mother and father and John Ross, his brothers to a point. Once he found out John Ross wasn't the bastard, <laughs> right, it was once actually he his was blood related. Yeah, Ugh, John Ross had just started getting teeth, so it really wasn't as long as everybody thought it was. Less than a year. That's still a pretty long time, though, to like be ignoring a kid who is supposed to be yours. True. It really is. But even even afterwards, he still didn't really pay a whole lot of attention. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. So so we cut to Paris. Oh, you want to yeah. insert a little uh, French-Parisian cafe music here? <laughs> and the phone rings in Ellie's room. It's JR. But she's not yelling There's no screaming. There's no screaming. There's no screaming. There's no screaming. Basically, he just wants to spill the tea, tell her everything that's happening at South Park. Yeah. I feel like she basically was like, oh, don't tell your father. How many times have I heard that in my life? Oh, totally. Don't tell your father. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell Jock that JR and Bobby's plane has crashed. (laughs) He won't notice notice the two missing seats at the table. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) Never know. He couldn't handle it. I I, I think that's going to bring Jock and Miss Ellie home. It might. It might. It might, yeah. 
Then we cut to Southern Cross where the limo is pulling up. And my question is, is like, do they just have a limo? Like, are they so fancy that their only car is a limo that just with a driver that drives them everywhere? And, and they need someone to open the door, the butler to open the door, one door and him to like the that's fancier walk. than the Ewing. Sue Ellen hit the jackpot. She's like, I have a whole ass driver to drive me around now in a limo Mm -hmm. and I don't have to put myself in that ugly ass station wagon. Which turned up on Knott's Landing as Susan Sullivan's car. I've been watching the first that, season of Knott's Landing. It was Knott's a Landing. really popular kind of car at that the point, Mer- though. The old Mercury yep. or the Mercedes-Benz? The, 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 the wagon. Well, she had a Mercedes wagon, too. I'm, uh, I'm actually going back to the, uh, the wood panel the wagon. Wood, the first one. Oh, okay. Sarah's yeah, wagon. that was a fucking wagon. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a very popular type of... Like, that was everybody's mom had those cars. I, the family truckster. Not as fancy I, the family, as that, but... Like I, the family truckster in uh, Vacation. Yeah. I do like the car she gets. I don't think she gets it this season. She might get it next season. The coupe. I don't know what that one is, so I'll have to check it out. It's a, it's a blue two-door Mercedes. Oh, okay. Cool. So Sue Ellen gets out of the limo and she is like visibly way more upset. Like she's just really upset now. It's starting to hit. Yeah. It's really actually hitting her that Kristen is dead. And I just got to say, Linda Gray looks like absolute fire this whole season. She She really does. She is gorgeous. Not that she isn't like normally, but I don't know what it is. Like all the outside shots in San Angelo and it's... It like brings out her her eyes look lighter. She really is weird. some sort of alien that gets better looking the older she gets. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that's about, but fine wine. Are you fucking kidding me, Linda Gray? Tell me your secrets. Okay, so this was 1981. She was 40, not quite 41. I was gonna look up how old she was. So she's like 40. She's just like a little bit younger than me. Barely. In this. She had probably okay. just turned 41, or was about to when they started filming this season. Yeah, she looks and amazing. She she and Donna Mills have both aged very well mm-hmm. without the work yeah. and everything. Because it's funny, they said that in the 80s, late 70s and 80, looked like Betty Davis and Jane Wyman, which was old. Now, mm-hmm. being in your 70s and 80s looks like Linda Gray and Donna Mills. So people are and she might not, have a little bit of work done i don't know but if it does it's really subtle you know and you can't really tell i think and it blends well and well she's she's pretty much been i think almost vegan for a long long time i mean and drinking she's a, a lot of water really helps yeah. so you know she's a she's afraid of plastic surgeons i've i've heard oh she is okay so but i mean you can you don't have to go to a plastic surgeon to get botox my dentist used to get botox so <laughs> Just as long as you don't go overboard like John Kerry's wife, the senator from Mass- former senator of Massachusetts, his wife, she that. she's part of the Heinz Ketchup Company, but she, she okay. the Botox just uh, no facial expressions at all. Yeah, that's a thing. Where then you're like, um, okay, so yeah, Sulan's really upset, and she is just hitting her. Kristen's dead, and then she starts talking about memories they had that I question. Like, she says, we didn't really play together. Well, yeah, because you're, like, how much older than her? Right. You would have been, like, a teenager <laughs> or something. Uh, you would have been, or, like, high school I when she was a little I think they were, kid. like, 12 years apart, honestly. If you go by 
Like if Mary, okay, Cros- if, makes sense. if Kristen was supposed to be about Mary Crosby's age and Sue Ellen was, I think uh, later on this season, we will figure out exactly when she met JR and how old she was. So she's about, Sue Ellen's supposed to be 34. Okay. And so I'd say Kristen, because when Kristen was first on, she was about 19. That was a couple of years ago. So she's like 21. like She 21, was getting ready to go to college, yeah. remember? Yeah. She was talking right. about college. So. She was like, but she was like a freshman in college. She was just going to college. Right. Um, that first season or whatever, second season. Now, so, uh, also later in the season, spoiler, mm-hmm. see if you can pause it when they show birth certificate. <gasps> okay. Okay. I can get a screen grab. <laughs> yes. Get a screen grab. Yes. Okay. Good idea. Okay. So yeah, then she talks about her going to high school and when she got to high school it was different. And I, that's what I was trying to figure out. I'm like, she probably would have been in high school in like 19, started high school in like 73 Something like that. So Sue Ellen would already be married to JR. But I'm sure, whatever, it's fine. Basically, she's saying, like, she went to high school and, like, she was super smart. But Patricia's influence... Got in the way. Because she was just like, like, that's not what matters. What matters is marrying well, moving up in society, having money. And I don't think Sue Ellen realized just how smart she was either. Like, oh, for sure. Pat- yeah. Patricia had two brilliant daughters that could have done anything. Anything. And anything. she was like, oh, I'll polish. Yep. Shame. Gr- mm-hmm. gr- grooming them for the life of a rich housewife. Yeah, a really sad life, you know? It really is. And then Sue Ellen ponders that um, she might have turned to drugs because she didn't live up to her mama's goals. And maybe why Sue Ellen turned to alcohol but I believe it's probably way more to do with the fact that you're genetically predisposed to do that because your father was an alcoholic. So, and he took off right after Kristen was born and died yeah. a year later. Right, like it's a disease, so that's unfortunate. But yeah, Dusty offers to go to the funeral with her, but she's going to go alone with John Ross. Yeah, she doesn't want to like have to explain who Dusty is to people, and I don't blame her. That'd be a lot. So JR's interview yeah, he's interviewing secretaries with and there's Heather, who's the slow typing redhead who types about forty-five words a minute, starts to hit on JR and it kind of reminded me of like is this a Julie Gray wannabe? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's almost but JR wants to keep that name on file. Yep. Though so I think the actress, you know who she I thought she looked a lot like? Is um, I mean, I, it's, it's a spoiler, but not really because if you haven't seen the series, you're not going to know who this is. I think she looks like Vanessa. Oh, <laughs> she Gail had was, a cut. Yeah, I she, was, she just kind of has that vibe. I don't know. I was just thinking of the whole Julie Gray vibe, right? And uh, I bet it's a redhead, and then she bends over and shows her boobs, and that's. I, I think it's like, hey, are you choosing to have this secretary again? And he's just like, no. But, you know, keep her number on file. <laughs> we're we're going to go in a different direction. And in comes... Uh, <laughs> Exclusive services. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then in comes the next candidate who uh, Larry Hagman referred to as Heidi, the way she was dressed with her hair down. And <laughs> That's like, cute. <laughs> yeah. Considering his yeah. own daughter's name is Heidi. Right, that's what I was like. Isn't that his daughter's name? That's weird. Technically, her middle <laughs> name, I think, but she's oh, okay. I, she isn't that isn't that right? I I know her name is Christina Heidi or Heidi Christina. Oh. I can't remember. It's one or the other. 
I'm going to read her book someday. It's been oh, on my list for like it's good. 20 years. It's a little eye-opening. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. 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 We can discuss that on a, a DOA meeting. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. And that could be something that we – a book club at some point maybe. We could do Linda's good. book. We could do Larry's book. Mm-hmm. We could do Christina's we totally book. Could. We have so many books. Yep. Um, so her, she says her name is Sylvia, but her friends call her Sly. <laughs> she types 120 words shorthand and 90 words longhand a minute, which, That's is, a double, lot. which is double the redhead. Yep. She's um, worked in Houston with other oil companies, blah, blah, blah. She seems very qualified. And then the phone rings, or Phyllis buzzes in mm-hmm. and says that Lieutenant McSween is on the phone, which to which Sylvia or Sly – says, is that Harry McSween? So she obviously knows Harry McSween. Mm-hmm. Apparently That's her right. father and Harry are buddies, and she refers to him as Uncle Harry. So this is the first time I realized that it wasn't her real uncle. Because oh. she always calls him Uncle Harry, and I always thought it was her actual uncle, because I forgot mm-hmm. this scene. So, ah. cool. And that's enough to get her the job, apparently. Oh, yeah. Hired on the spot. And then we cut to Ray buying Donna a set, like a really extended scene about him buying her a saddle, like a really fancy, expensive saddle. Go oh. so riding in the Founders Day parade, maybe. Yeah, it was. This I felt like this scene was really long for what it was. I don't know. It just like kept it going. Al- it almost made me go, like it's out of place. Like, why is the scene here? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to uh, Cliff meeting Rebecca for lunch. He tells her he's been at interviews all day. Did you notice the Barnes building, the gold building in the background? Oh, I didn't. Oh. Mm, so that cool. was obviously filmed uh, right near there. Yeah, for sure. And he's looking for jobs, which makes me be like, oh, I guess he does not work for Bobby anymore. And I want to know, like, did he quit? Did Bobby fire him? Was it, like, mutual? I think it was pretty much understood that. Just understood? When, yeah, I don't know. When, yeah. When Bobby... Bobby said you're done in politics. I think that was kind of it. Oh, that's him being like, you're you're just done, buddy. <laughs> uh, bye-bye. Yeah. And then Rebecca is like, you could open, you're a lawyer. You could open your own practice. To which I was like, yeah, you're a lawyer. Just open your own practice. And then he's like, well, if I'd get any clients. But like, you have to try. So why aren't you? Dallas is a small town. and Everybody's in the Ewing's pocket. But there's a lot of people who hate the Ewing's. There's a lot of people who hate the Ewings. I think he'd totally get clients if he tried. I think it's an excuse. He won't get Jeremy Wendell as a client. Well, no, <laughs> Jeremy would not. Wendell would not use him. No, <laughs> he'd be a little too low rent for Jeremy, our Jeremy. Yeah. Um, and then Rebecca tells him that this fight with the Ewings isn't worth it. And then, yeah, he's trying to convince her that it is basically. And she's like, "Did you pay no attention to your daddy?" Which is why I had to leave you all for all those years. It's why I had to pretend I was dead. Jesus, you know? Lord have mercy. I wonder how many people in life go around pretending they're dead just to get away from people. I know (laughs) Olivia Newton-John's husband faked his death to get away from her. What? Really? Yeah. (laughs) To get away from her? Wow. That's pretty intense. Damn. No way. Yep. Did they ever find him? Yes, they found him alive years later, living somewhere else with another family or something like that. I thought that was a bunch of bullshit. Hang, I, hang on, I'm going to Google this. <laughs> okay, you go, you give it a goog, and then we're going to talk about Ray and Donna running to punk at the at that same Western store. Let's not forget that saddle is going to be delivered by noon. 
Because they're buying a saddle and he's buying clothes in the same store. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. That's why that scene is there. I guess. Yeah. It's so weird. Apparently the Lubbock deal the Lubbock deal is um moving forward and uh going wow. Success. Yeah. It's going good. And those are the most mom jeans I've ever seen on Donna's ass in this scene. Like when they're walking away, all you could pay attention to is Donna's ass because of her jeans. I'm just saying. And then uh, we cut to uh, Harry talking about he got all the deets from the corner about the funeral. Yes. Slime. Yep. Slime. Terrible. And then we cut to the store. Bobby, he's coming to see Pam, but she has flown to San Angelo to visit Sue Ellen. Yeah. And Bobby's like, Larry, fire up the Ewing heli- the South Fork helicopter. Meet me on the Ewing building in an hour. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Bobby, you're getting a chopper to land on top of the Ewing oil bit. Like, it's a chopper. You, know, you think that's a little over the top? Maybe it's a little over the top. Just saying. Mm. Okay. Okay. So I found. He's found in Mexico after missing for 12 there years. Was yeah. never, ever, there was never any evidence released other than the PI's own claim. There's no proof beyond that. And it was an article in the Daily Telegraph, which I liken to Hello or OK Magazine, which is like, hmm. no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird. So he's been technically disappeared since 2005. Weird. Oh, that like recent. Yeah. yeah. He went missing in 2005. And in 2010, a PI hired by an American television program claimed that McDermott was alive in Mexico and had faked his death for a life insurance payout, but did not provide proof beyond their own statement that they were confident. Oh, okay. Well, so probably not. Then. Probably not. But she oh. she remarried. Well, she oh. she wasn't even married well, to him. Good for her. Wasn't even married oh, to him. Okay. But she got married. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. Um. So with Bobby, I just want to say, like, this could have been a phone call before you like got a helicopter to land on top of the building you work in to take you there. You couldn't just like give her a call. Because you know where she's going. Let's give a little ringy ring. No, it's because they had a bigger budget now and they could do these things. I I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying like a little overkill. A little overkill. They're flexing their budget muscle. That's all it (laughs) is. They really are. They are. Yes. Now we cut to that scene. Yeah, with Cliff and Afton. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, so he catches her like leaving her apartment and he's like super excited to see her. He's just like, Afton! totally trying to get a hold of you and she's just like uh, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, he's like i've been leaving messages on your answering machine oh i know cliff I know. you haven't called me I've back heard. yeah and he, he's just really not getting it and it's really awkward and then she says um he used her to get information and he says well it's not entirely true. So he's saying it's partially true. I used you to get information. So he's owning up to that. Right. But she's like basically gaslighting him about something that she did. She's yes. like trying to flip the script on him. And, and he doesn't, he doesn't know anything. And he's just like, okay, like originally maybe like I thought you might have information, but like not since then, like I really like you. We have a good thing going. And then she drops the L word. Yeah. And then she's just like, yeah, these are. 
Bye. You can't sit with me anymore. Now, according to Ken Kershaw, when Afton called Cliff a loser, it stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was always coming back to try again, and he wore his emotions on his sleeve. And if he ever got angry, he exploded. If he got sad, he cried. In another interview, he elaborates that Cliff isn't a loser. He's the most resilient human being in the world because to take the punishment that this guy has taken, he's willing to come back and face the most formidable foe on television. And that's not a loser in Ken's book. He says, if I had adapted this attitude in my performance, nobody would have given a damn about Cliff Barnes, but I'm the guy that everybody out there has been. He's not too tactful with the ladies sometimes, but... You know, not much class, but, you know, what can he say? He's always coming back for more, so he's more resilient than he is a loser. I agree with every bit of that, and that is why I like Cliff, is because I don't I don't think he's a loser at all. I think that he just keeps coming back and trying and trying and trying again, and I do think he has a little bit of an issue with the Ewings um, that he needed to get past, and that's the thing that's standing in his way, and if he would have just gotten past that, he could have done anything he wanted to do. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a loser. Not a loser. Not a loser. So how do you um, do the N on the forehead? N L not loser. <laughs> right. Not. not. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to Southern cross, uh, where Pam is like doing her damnedest to just be the person to take care of John Ross. In lieu Even, of Sue Ellen. And Maria, the maid, who was supposed right. to feed lunch. And Sue Ellen is very tactfully trying to be like, so I don't think I'm really the person that you wanted to see here. I think I think it might be John Roth. Here, take the child. Yeah. As Clayton refers to him as the child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And she's, Pam's like, okay, yes, I really did want to see him, but I'm also really worried about you and blah, blah, blah. And I think Pam really is, even though she obviously has some issue with really wanting to be around John Ross, she is trying to be a friend to Sue Ellen, like genuinely. They're they're blossoming friendship. And I love her little thing about how emotionally supportive Dusty is. And because I think that's just so new to her that... A man could be that way. And Pam said it's too bad that she had to leave South Fork to find that. It is too bad. Yeah. So we break that scene up with Jerry, the PI, calling JR to tell him that his sister-in-law is at the Southern Cross. And JR's like, what the hell is she scheming now? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. JR wants to know um, the day after tomorrow when <coughs> Sue Ellen and John Ross will be leaving for the funeral which is they're leaving the day after tomorrow now he gets off the phone and jerry is sitting parked right across from the entrance to the southern cross with a pair of binoculars hello (laughs) right not subtle not subtle did he come from the same pi agency that the guy who was following sue ellen for dusty did probably i bet it's a it's a agency out of san angelo san angelo San Angelo, whatever. San, San Angelo. I don't can't get it right. Yes. Ba, 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 ba. Um, I can't talk today. So then we cut to this scene is ridiculous. Everything about this is ridiculous. Bobby, okay. Bobby's flying in on the helicopter to someone's house 
where he has not been invited. They don't know he's coming. He doesn't ask, is it okay if I park my helicopter on your lawn? You know, like, what's that going to do to the lawn? And I feel like that's not good for landscaping. They even think it's JR that's coming in the helicopter. (laughs) Yeah, they're all freaked out. They're like, holy shit, he's coming in a helicopter. And and Clayton tells Dusty to stay with Sue Ellen and the the child or the boy. (laughs) What about Pam? She not not there? He doesn't see Pam? Uh, He doesn't give a shit. And then Bobby comes off the uh, helicopter, and I was like, "Surprise, Cl- bitches! It's Bobby <laughs> with with Clayton more with says, more bad advice." Surprise, Clayton, bitches! Clayton says, "Oh, you've you've come for your wife." I I, I am assuming, because yeah, she needs a handler. Why don't you come in and join us for a drink after? Uh, yeah, it's like you know what? Since since you're not Jr., come on in. Right. And then he he's like overreacting, I think, where he's like, you came here without telling me. And she was like, well, like you could have called. And she was like, well, maybe, but I, you know, I'd be back by dinner. Like so I was whatever. planning on coming home before dinner. Yeah. Like you would yeah, never would have known I was here, but okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> What's the big deal? I came to see Sue Ellen and the baby. Yeah. The one yeah. time that Bobby wants to show up at Sue, uh, Pam's work to probably take her to lunch, and she's just probably. not there. Yeah, and then he's mad. Yeah, uh, dude, how many times did she? You know what? We're not going to go there right now. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> like the how time he of- pouted because he wanted to go to the movies with her, and she had to work. <laughs> right when he had just been like ignoring her forever. Ugh. Yeah. And then after getting done yelling at her, then he yells at Sue Ellen for using Pam. And so I was like, like, hold up. Like, that was my only choice. And you know that. And my kid belongs to me. So what are you talking and about? P.S. Uh, Pam has turned out to be like an actual friend. Yes. Like, yes. Sue Ellen understands what it's like to have a friend. Yeah. They're helping each other out. I'm going to chime in with the male Ewing mentality that is probably there. No, the women are not allowed to be friends because they're they're Ewing possessions. They're not allowed to do anything to contradict the men. <laughs> yeah, which is just stupid. <laughs> Trash. And that's the thing. They Trash. they might get a mind of their own and start doing like start hatching schemes like notes. this. Yeah. Can't have that. Nope. Can't have that. They they need to have their uh watercress sandwich parties and teas and Yeah. Cause I'm wondering I'm wondering if it was actually pa- I'm wondering if it was actually Pam who got in touch with Sue Ellen mm. and said, do you want me to bring the baby to you? Oh yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. If she would, I don't know if Sue Ellen would have thought of that. Right. Like, because thought she wouldn't have. A, Pam yeah. was taking yeah. JR apart. Like after they dragged Sue Ellen out of there it was like, he belongs with her. Yep. If I remember, didn't she go to the store or see Pam somewhere and say that she's going to need her help? That's a good question. I don't remember. Yeah, because she she yeah she came in in that last episode. She had the white dress on with the blue, oh. and Pam had the white dress right. on with the brown. Could be, yeah. No, we can just cut that. We don't know part. what I'm wrong. We, we we don't know what help she was asking for because they True. cut at the end. Well, maybe they cut. even being like, "Hey, help me think of something," because I or, need to get him back. Or could whatever, you even too. like you never... when the, when this goes to trial, like the divorce? You're my witness. You saw what he did. Right, right, right. You right, saw right. him yeah. physically take the baby from me. Right. So we, we don't know what the two of them talked about in the office after we, they we cut. We don't. We have, to, we, we have to assume that because of the way things transpired that she was trying right. to 
you know, get the baby or, yeah. But Swellen is legitimately worried for Pam right now. And that's what she like turns the conversation into. She's like, I'm worried for her. And um, then they kind of talk about like the possibility of because of how Pam is about like trying to have a kid, maybe adoption. And then Bobby's like, yeah, maybe adoption. Dun, dun, dun. That's always a possibility. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if the Ewings would adopt. I don't know if that would ever happen. Right. Meanwhile, back at South Fork, in a very long away camera shot for quite a while in the scene, which obviously they, because we didn't see them close up, they must have been doing the dialogue after. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's Lucy and Donna. And when did Lucy and Donna become friends? Because I feel like that was, that surprised me. I'm like, they're riding horses together? Okay. I know she was nudging them back together again, you know, at the true parties yeah, I guess and things, I, I, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I'm all for it because they're basically talking about the patriarchy. So, hey, hey, girls, go. And the money. Because, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, Mitch, you know, women making more money than men and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Donna doesn't think that money should be the be all to end all. Right. And she's basically like, it doesn't really help either way. Like, if it's that you think it's going to help, like, it's just going to cause other problems. So. Yeah. She tells Lucy not to give up, and Lucy doesn't want to give up. Yep. Yep. And then Barker shows up at JR's office. He and JR and Sly are working late, and um, it's she's wearing that floral print dress. Um, and then it's the first, le- it's basically the first law battle for custody of John Ross. And he's kind of pissed because he's like, You told me that by that, the first trial, like, John Ross would be in your custody because he, if he's not, then your chances of actually getting him are pretty slim. So figure it out. Right. And he has scary eyes. He does the scary. Yeah. Yeah. He's not messing around. Yeah. Then we cut to the next, it must be the next day. And this is the first time we see this angle. JR walking through the Ewing oil door from the other side. Mm, okay. And it's our first shot of Sly and Phyllis together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's our first time seeing Marilee Stone blonde. Oh, that's true. Is she sipping some, uh, is she have a little uh, nip in that uh, tea or coffee? <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah, probably. Is it past 9 a.m.? Then yes. Right. Is the, Has the sun come up? Then yes. Then yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she's asking JR first out to lunch and then dinner. Hmm. Okay, Marilee. Lunch and then dinner. Um, don't you have that? She wants to move in on this. Aren't you thinking about dinner then breakfast? Like, just say it, Marilee. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, Sue Ellen's left you. There's this rich, uh, right. powerful man oh. that I can sink my claws into. Uh, right. Maybe I could be the next Mrs. Ewing. She says. Right. Thank you, okay, Marilee. I don't think uh, that would sit well with Jock Ewing at the same table. Probably not. No. I don't know, like the same the same guy that she went psycho on for blaming her um her husband her husband's death. She's like, oh, I want to yeah. shock up with you now, right? Really? Isn't that weird? It's really? a weird turn. Yeah. 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 If 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 Jr. if Jock could not deal with an uppity woman like um, Leslie Stewart, he certainly would not deal do well with Jr. Let's be real, Jock wouldn't be good for with like most of the rest of this season's. No. <laughs> so, 
I mean, uh-uh. his, yeah. his, his, his he dinosaur. He would be good with the world past 1970. I don't think he was good with the world really past 1956. So that's what so that his, is. His, his dinosaur mentality is fading. Yeah. As that generation did. Thank mm. God. There's still a little few trying to, you know, go, but it's like coughing its last coughs as we speak. Thank oh. God. Um, so then Bobby is talking to daddy on the phone. Oh, and he's the news is they're going to come home early because mama is worried about John Ross, but they're going to stop in uh, what London and then New York just to cure the jet yeah. lag before they. Yeah. Yeah. For home. sure. Yeah. Like you do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like you do. And then Pam comes in. She has a bunch of stuff. She bought for John Ross and Jr. has some stuff to say about that. He's such an ass. Uh, uh, calls her uh, John Ross's demented aunt. He, in fact, does. And the look on her face when, she, when he says that, where she's like, <gasps> like, it hits her because, like, it's maybe a little too close. I feel like season one, Pam would have been, like, up yours. Like. Yeah, season one, Pam uh, would not have taken that. No. But, you know, season five, Pam is like, oh, she's going. She's going down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. She, she, she really is. And she's like, well, I guess I better leave. I know. I was like, shots fired, asshole. God. Yeah, God. I'm so, Jerk. And the, Jerk. Don and Ray come in, and then they, they they are going out to dinner with Bobby and Pam. But Pam seems like she doesn't remember. Or Oh, yeah. Like she's completely taken off guard. Like, oh, what? Uh, okay, I guess. Uh. <laughs> Just to further emphasize her mental state. Yeah. And then JR gets a phone call. Just to make sure everyone is in place. Or, and this yeah. last act is his entire plan that he's been building this whole episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Sue Ellen and John Ross get on the helicopter at Southern Cross and they fly away. They're flying to Love Field, which I said, hashtag Kennedy vibes. Which is the original home of headquarters of Southwest Airlines where they started. Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. I believe. Cool. Sue Ellen gets off with John Ross in his little vest and suit. <laughs> Oh, he's in a suit. He's a child. God. But he looks so cute. He does look cute. He's a little man. He's so cute. Yeah, I know. It's a little man. A little man. How long did it take them to get Tyler Banks into that suit? Yeah. I don't know. Because he (laughs) wants it. That little, that kid just wants to do his own thing all the time. It's adorable. Yeah. It is. He's always like, Mama, Mama, looking off screen. I know. Hilarious. And then they're always like, oh, it's Sue Ellen. He wants you. Nope. (laughs) Nope. No, I won. Blood mama. <laughs> yeah. I think it's always helpful, like, when you have child actors, but the actor who's handling them is also a parent, because they, like, know what, uh-huh. they know what to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. hmm So then they're walking through, and then some dude comes up to Swell and distracts her and says, you know, like, hey, Mr. Farlow wants you over here. And then she's like, what? And then some other dude comes and yanks John Ross out of her arms, which had to be the scariest thing in the world. Snatches. I like that word, snatches. Snatches. He's got and his hand over her mouth. Like, She's struggling. No one's doing anything in the middle of the airport when this is happening? Nope. Nobody did a thing. And she was, like, trying to scream. And he was like, I really wish she would have bit him. In broad daylight. <laughs> in broad daylight. In the middle of an airport. I guess this is before there was any sort of security at an airport. She should have Rochambeau'd him. She should have Rochambeau'd him. Square in the nuts. <laughs> right. And then there's that quick shot of JR, like, watching from above with that, like, evil grin on his face. Bell, bell, yeah. bell. Skunk trash. Yep. And 
And then you're like, oh my God, it sucks. And then here comes Dusty. Dusty give with me a bunch the boy. of random dudes. In one mighty hobble, as JR was. Yep. Give me the boy. Give us and then they the stop boy. the whole thing. Like they just back down. Take They're him. like, yeah, here's the kid. Bye. Oh. <laughs> They're like, oh. Oh yeah, sorry, bye. Dusty had some foresight to figure that JR might try something. And he this, flew up ahead of time with a couple of the boys. And I think this scene just shows that like Dusty and Clayton are an even match mm-hmm. for JR. And JR knows it now. And JR now knows it because just the cut to the look on his face is so beautiful. Love it. He's like, no, I'm he, fucked. Now you have Dusty and Clayton, and JR is without his daddy. If Jock had been home, the dynamic of that battle might that could have been ugly. Be very, very interesting. Could get very <laughs> ugly. Do you think that Jock would have sided with JR in taking John Ross back? I don't know if he would. <laughs> Because I think he'd think that women take care of kids. Well, that's a good point because Miss Ellie, remember, coming up, spoiler, she goes down to see him at Southern Cross with JR. Kind of, yeah, Hiding in the helicopter. Hiding in the helicopter. And he tries to use his mother to get the baby out. Right. And she realizes it and she's like, I want my, son, my grandson back on South Fork, but not like this. Right. Right. I just don't think that Jock and Miss Ellie would be down with that. Jock maybe more than Ellie, but I don't think Ellie would Ellie, play that. I think Ellie and Jock would, if Jock hadn't, would, um, well, which hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but Not yet. <laughs> she obviously well, is like, wait, doesn't he end up in. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like demanding over the phone that JR get him back no matter what. Yep. I, Sure. It's yeah. been too long for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, so. I just I remember That's, this quite a bit. And Miss Ellie's like, mm, no. While he's down there, I'm I have that kind of say yeah, up here, and it's not happening. Not it. yeah. Which yeah. makes so me wonder. One of those things they disagreed on. Which mm-hmm. makes me wonder if Jock was home and not in South America, and he was making those demands. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. The, you're right. The, the dynamic of Jock and would have been different. Jr. against Clayton and Dusty would have been interesting to see. Yeah, I'm glad that Dusty had that foresight though, because. When you look at kidnappings, who's the first person you need to look at if the parents are split up? Even the, if they're not the, uh, kidnappings, even if they're uh, not split up, murders, yet. everything. It's it's usually a parent one or of, a close relative. You would always start one of the at parents, home. and we're not going to specify male or female parents. Yeah, no parents. It, it's you mm-hmm. start close and work your way out. Mm-hmm. Right, always every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why with the John Benet Ramsey thing, right? I was actually in that city when this happened you we were? were visiting my sister oh. for christmas that year i have a theory we had the whole family i i my theory is that the brother accidentally did something and he was roughhousing with her it up and they covered it yeah. up instead of just telling the cops that it was a terrible terrible accident and letting them do their let them do their job yeah i i heavily think that could definitely be a theory because a good theory on that that's actually happened and a couple it, of is times it, is it the, um or the what what's oh, is it the yeah. mo- is it the mother or the father that's dead right now the mother the, mother. the father has cancer oh, still alive yeah, the father uh, and, he, and the brother. He married someone else whose kid also died tragically. Oh God, that's like a whole other they level they, of one of those grief, grief partners. Oh Jesus! Because he had an older daughter who died too. Oh my God! She like died in a car accident or something, and they were going to fly to Michigan because that's where he's from that day. Hmm. Well, so yeah. 
John Benet Ramsey. Da, 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 da. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's to, ends with JR staring down at them in disbelief, freeze frame. And uh, scene. I'm and scene. I'm giving this 4.25 bourbons and a demented ant. I'm giving it a 4.35 and a coroner's report. Ooh, nice. Hmm. I am going to give it 4.5 because I really like the dynamics of this episode and just mm. like the underhandedness, even though it sucks, and some angel dust. <laughs> That's a good one. What did I think of that? Oh, no. <laughs> That's a good one. Which, cool. ended up in my, which ended up in my coroner's report, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes. Um, so I would actually like to – so we have found recently that maybe you guys already know about it, um, being Dallas fans and podcast listeners, that there is another Dallas podcast. But it's a completely different format than us, and I've listened to it, and it's really amazing. And it's called Dallas After Show. And uh, so I think if you're not already subscribing to it, that you should go check it out. And as always, if you guys have any suggestions or anything you'd like to yeah. see for us to talk about. Yeah. Why didn't no one tell to us? To try. Yeah, please let us know. And by the way, to our Patreon members, we are going to try very, very hard to get better about the content. Yeah, we we have been, I mean, we've been having lots of outtakes and all of that. Yes. And, um, so you're not, and our show notes are always available online and everything like that. But, um, or like our show- handwritten notes from the show notes. Yeah, mine. Except for Josh. Mine, I can barely read, so I would not I even type subject. Mine now, so. I would not subject anybody to my chicken scratch. Some of my notes, You're, like you'll thank me. It, sometimes I take more notes than others. It just depends. Like right. I had barely like half a page today, and other times I filled up two. Like I have three to four usually typed. Dang. So, yeah. Ask me now. <laughs> yeah, I get about um, I, I get about that. Because I can't remember anything. I can't remember it on the fly, so I have to write it down because my memory sucks now. Because what I've it's started really doing weird is how your memory works really weird. I, I do almost like mini bullet point descriptions of the scenes, and then when we talk, it triggers, and I try to watch as close to the podcast time as possible, so it's still in my brain. Yeah, it helps. I mean, I feel like I have more passion for the episode if I watch it really soon before we record. So I try to do that if possible. But, um, hey, you should, you know, come check out our Patreon if that's something that you're interested in. Uh, if not, you know, save your money and, you know, go buy something cool Dallas related on eBay. Um, we also have our merch, which we have. A, I made a new little link that's a little bit easy to remember. These are all bit.ly links, so it's bit.ly b-i-t dot l-y slash ewing bbq merch and then to check out the jim davis memorial fund that is bit.ly slash jim davis memorial the the jim davis and memorial are all initial caps by the way which i guess is important on bit.ly links uh check out our facebook group which is ewing bbq our instagram is ewing bbq and our twitter is bbq ewing Thank you for joining us tonight and join us next time. Bye. For, sh- for Showdown at San Angelo. Y'all come back. Showdown. Are you here? Oh, I have nothing. You could just say goodbye. Oh. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that was perfect. Oh, I have nothing. That's perfect. Superstar. <laughs> <laughs>
on Dallas. How's John Ross? John Ross is fine, Mama. How's J.R. taking it? Not too well, Mama. I think I made a mistake when I took John Ross to Sue Ellen. Oh, Mama, I want a baby so badly. I need him. J.R., what is it? It's Daddy. He's real upset. Well, what about? No matter what, he wants that boy back on South Fork. J.R., it would take an army to get your son off the Southern Cross. Well, maybe not an army. Maybe a Trojan horse.